Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy podcast, the original Alien and Predator podcast. I'm regular host Aaron Percival, a.k.a. Corporal Hicks, and joining me are usual partners in crime. Adam Zeller, a.k.a. Ridgetop. And AJ Bischoff, a.k.a. Voodoo Magic. And this is probably going to be a short one, about 10 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> Let's hope. Probably not, not too much to go in here, because for this episode, for the last... What's it been, AJ? About a year we've been hearing this claim since we've been talking about some of the other books, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, roughly, I think. Yeah. I think okay. there's been a, a debate between you and uh, Adam here. I wouldn't go so far as to say debate, but every time the book comes up, I call it one of the worst books in existence, and Adam goes, it weren't that bad. Okay, okay. I add the disclaimer that I don't remember it very well. The last time I read this thing was in 2007, and so... It was an interesting revisitation. At some point this year, I decided, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna put Adam's challenge to the test and see if it truly was that bad or not. And t- to be fair, I wanted to do a article that was spurred on by the Alpha Predator. So at some point, I was gonna have to read it again for myself. So we uh, tried to kill two birds with one stone. Uh, it nearly killed me. It, it did. <laughs> Now, I, I personally never read this book. I stayed away as far as I could because it was notoriously <laughs> bad from everything I heard about it. But I was pulled into this adventure <laughs> between Adam and Aaron. And I think we were playing Hunting Grounds and, and you kept talking about how much you like the backstory for uh, Alpha Predator. And I was like, oh, you like the Hish, huh? Maybe you should check out this book and uh, see if well, you still l- like, like the Well, like Yophonic, NECA did a great job, I think, with that Alpha Predator backstory. Now, they mm-hmm. did retcon some of the details that w- took place some in of. River. <laughs> all of. All right, all of. But it's a wonderful backstory and I still love it, even after reading this book. Yeah, definitely. If you're clicking onto this without having seen the titles or anything, we are talking this abomination. Predator Forever Midnight. And you know what, guys? Look, actually. Oh, two copies. I've got two copies because one... Oh, is signed. Is signed by the author. Mr. John Shirley. Better hope he's not listening to this podcast. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Hey, you're the defender. You're supposed to be, at least. (laughs) And I just want to comment how nice Aaron's mustache looks like, too. (laughs) Oh. This, this was a discussion before we started because I'm a twat and I shaved half of my chin off by accident and I had to get rid of the rest of it so it didn't look so stupid. But now it's just a porno tash, basically. Porno stash. Now, he, he looks very debonair for all our podcast listeners. So More than usual. It'll grow back within within the week. I've got next week off as of recording, so it'll grow back and I won't look so weird. This is the first time in years <laughs> there's been nothing on this chin. Aliens Fire Team Week. And that's why you have next week off, right? Is Aliens Fire Team yep. Elite. That's right. right, yep. Not too often we get an alien or predator game. Although recently it kinda has been. So that's <laughs> well, nice. A, a year. I won't go as far as to say regular, but yeah. So next week off to play Alien Fire Team and regrow the Van Dyke. Oh, very interesting for everybody. So yeah, that's 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 our podcast on Predator Forever Midnight. Thank you everybody for. Um... After this one, I just went. You know what? Next time we've got a free slot, we're talking about something I fucking love, and I know we're going to enjoy because we've put ourselves through some real punishment lately. I mean, to be fair, this one was intentional. I went into this one knowing it was going to be shit, but Infiltrator was punishment. We punished ourselves with Hunter's Planet as well recently. 
Aaron, you've been like uh, saying, AJ, you got to get into the books, man. You got to get into the books. And except for into Charybdis. Oh, my God. I haven't given you any good ones, have I? No, you haven't. We got to do South China Sea next. Yes. Have you, have you got a spare couple hundred dollars? Oh, I already have a copy. Me oh, too. you have a copy. Very nice. Of that and Turnabout. Yeah. Have you read them? No. Neither of you. I've been waiting for this shitty book of the month club to change to <laughs> great book of the month club. So Adam, did you say you'd not read either of them as well? No, I haven't read. Uh, well, I've read Forever Midnight before. I haven't read South China Sea. What about Flesh and Blood or Turnabout? Only DH Press Predator book I read was Forever Midnight, although I have all of them. <laughs> you fucking amateurs. Absolute <laughs> amateurs. Because after this, DH Press gets good. Forever Midnight redeems the hish, and it was it was good. It was solid. Wait, not Forever Midnight. Flesh and Blood, sorry, yeah. redeems the hish. Uh, that that was a solid one. And then Turnabout and South China Sea are just fantastic 10 out of 10s. Yeah, unlike John Shirley, I'm into the comics. So, But I was looking forward to get into these books, and I'm just waiting until we get to the good ones. I can't wait. You know, I'm actually saving them now until we get to it eventually on this podcast. Okay, well, ne- next free slot then, we're going to do Turnabout or um, South China Sea. That'd be awesome. We'll go with, uh, we'll go with Turnabout, actually. It's a bit shorter. It won't be such a- I don't think Adam would have managed uh, South China Sea in two days. <laughs> How long is South China Sea? 400-ish pages. Yeah, that is a bit longer. This one was about 269. It was exactly yeah. 269 pages. So I must ask, did you guys notice that the font seemed a little particularly small compared to other books of this length? I believe most of DH presses were pretty much this big, Alien and Aliens. Saving the page space. If you compare that to Alex White's, it actually could have been a lot more pages if it was presented in, say, the Into Charybdis font and format. Oh, God. You know what? When that comes out in... Um, paperback? Not paper, but there's, there's different styles of paperback. I prefer the taller ones that they do, but there's um, there's another one that's like maybe a bit smaller than these that they also, Titan also publish some of the novels in. <laughs> that's going to be like that big when it comes to that size. That's going to be mental. Okay, so you just think it's based on the size. Yeah, like I'm reading the Pat Cadigan's Alien 3 hardback at the minute, and the font's, font's massive, I'm like, this feels like I'm reading one of my grandmother's books <laughs> when it comes to font size. And that's the next book that's scheduled to come out, right? you got an early copy yeah. of that one. Yeah, so I, I started reading that, you know, an hour or so after reading this, I had to cleanse the palate. Mm. But that, that that's going to be an interesting one in its own right, because I hate the draft it's based on. I do. The first draft. Yeah, but I've been really looking forward to this, and I actually really enjoy it so far. I'm like, six seven chapters in i'm really enjoying it cadigan is a good writer really good writer so far that's great so as we get into initial impressions here i want aj to go first (laughs) what because you're you're the predator guy in terms of like you're all about the predators kind of hunting culture and all that and this book really gets into that a bit so i'm (laughs) curious as to how you feel the predators were represented in this book so, oh, great destroyer of worlds and, and everything peaceful. Please enlighten us with your thoughts on this matter. Can we just talk about Aaron's mustache? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I've tried to forget this book as quickly as I, I read it. But I guess we're going to get into the nitty gritty afterwards. So I'm just going to keep it general. All right. So let's get into my thoughts on Predator Forever Midnight by Fred Decker. And Shane Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's not right, right? Could it be Robert Rodriguez? No. Oh, come on. That's, that one's not fair. Hey, 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 his early <laughs> script. 
Well, his early script. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'd rather read that script. But here it is. It's by John Shirley. And you see where I'm going here, uh, don't you guys? Look, I believe the prolific writer Stephen King admitted he wrote some of his wackiest books high on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Which explains stuff like the space turtles that were featured in the book It, but it wasn't featured in the movie. Now, I am not suggesting or implying writer John Shirley was yeah, high on it. Yes, you fucking are. <laughs> but it sure as hell feels like it. <laughs> no, I am not implying that when writing Forever, uh, Predator Forever Midnight, he was high. I'm not. But, however, if he did come out with such a revelation after reading this particular book, let's just say I wouldn't be surprised. Because instead of Predator Forever Midnight, I'd rather name it Predator Off the Deep End. <laughs> I was going to go with Forever Painful. <laughs> that, that's a good one, too. Let's go with Predator Bonkers, bananas, and batshit crazy. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Um, it's hard to specifically articulate the problems I had with this book because I'm high on pain medication at the moment. But if I remove, <laughs> did you speak to John to ask for recommendations? I am not implying. Doctor, that. I'm reading this book. I think I need a prescription. <laughs> well. Let me look at it first by removing my Predator fandom. I guess I can say it was written competently in the flimsiest way possible. There's a beginning. There's a middle. (laughs) There's an end. There's a one act, two act, and three act structure. (laughs) With no real character arcs, to be honest, except some squeezed in the final pages. But some of the setup maintained my interest at first. It was the um, East India Company in the 1800s. To Commander Ness on his crew of the Lazy Eye, I think was the name of the ship. So I thought it had potential. I liked the planet itself and the structures in the way the jungle was formed. I thought it could be a fascinating location for a Predator story. But like a planet named... Midnight, even though there was forever daylight. Yeah, I didn't get that. They said it was named that way to be ironic. They actually said that in the book. Okay, I missed that then. It must have been one of the the three or four times it took me to read certain paragraphs. So that's pretty stupid. And that's the story for me. I found these, what was it, 269 pages. Oh, so stupid. The humor, the dialogue, the characters' actions, so immature. Amateur and immature. So many crazy ideas inserted into this book without payoff. It just really made my head spin. I I think it's still spinning. So (laughs) now once... (laughs) Once I put this book back through the prism of being a Predator fan, it gets so much worse. (laughs) And it gets me angry. It it fucks with the lore, even perhaps a worse way than 2018's The Predator did with the hybridization and the autism chasing. John, surely it feels like he kind of makes a mockery out of our favorite intergalactic hunters, I think. He turns predators into walking punchlines half the time, bumbling fools instead of dangerous foes, expert hunters. And often at times on the predator ship, I thought I was reading a parody. I'm serious. 
I found the comedy that bad, you know? Ay, ay, Capitan, oh, powerful reproductive organ. And that's an actual quote. Is that the actual quote, though? Because I know there was a line. Not the ay, ay, Capitan, but oh, powerful reproductive organ. Okay, because there was another quote along those lines that the predators say that oh we'll get there really good we'll get there yeah i have some of them written down to be honest but uh i don't know it look some authors realize how important it is to write within an existing ip with a pre-existing fan base to respect the franchise you're writing in to treat it with the utmost care but john shirley to me wrote without that care he wrote without consequence. Just just as a reminder here, because I can never fucking remember how deep you've gone in. You've not read Perry's AVPs, right? Who wrote Hunter's Planet? Oh, that was Bischoff. Yeah. No, correct. I have. Ooh, those are something we got to get to. You, you've not come into this one having experienced the Ouchie in, in written form on Dead Tree. Correct. Only, only online. Because okay. Perry's AVP kind of set up the, I would say, description of the predators that was most commonly used in the novels. And this was a big departure from that big departure. But we'll, we'll bring that up as well. When we get into more detail, I just, I just wanted to put it out there for AJ's um, context against what AJ was saying there. All right. So I'll just wrap it up and pretty much say, Hey, if you like the idea of predators shooting darts into people's necks, so predator younglings can operate people remotely with joysticks like a video game, then maybe this book is for you, <laughs> but it's not for me. So as a fan, maybe I'd rate this a five or a non-fan, excuse me. As a non-fan, as just a general reader, maybe I'd, I'd grade this book a five out of 10, but as a predator fan, two out of 10, stay away. I think that's being generous. <laughs> In all honesty. Two out of 10. I don't know, man. That's pretty harsh. I'm, I, you know, I'm going next. I'm going you next. Go next. You go because next. the first time I read this, I liked it. Oh, I was not the only one. And I liked it as it was kind of, it was it was kind of a multiple of things. So this was the first original. This is the first original Predator novel. Everything else, well, I suppose outside of Hunter's Planet, but you know, that's ABP. And, and followed on from Perry's stuff kind of. But th- this was the first original Predator novel. And it was also the first brand new Predator book I got to read. And when this came out in 2006, I was a mid-teens, 16, 17. I was excited to have this new book. And I also fucking hate the Ouija. I think people know that. So I found the Hish as a big fuck you to the Ouija. So it kind of made me a bit, a bit, okay, all right, yeah, go on then. Then I revisited it a month later or so. And I was like, this is fucking trash. Just a month. Yeah. Uh, this is absolute trash and i haven't touched it since in fact when we were helping out on some stuff officially for some of the stuff that was used at fox i reread and provided summaries of dh press's predator novels apart from this one because i refused to reread it i just i straight up refused to reread this (laughs) even even helping out i was like no i'm sorry i can't i can't do this this is painful this book is just utter painful it really is there's minor things in it that I like. So things like the safari planet that predators would then go and do. I like that. I always have. I like the concept. Everything else in it, apart from what were the, what were the aliens' name? The the lizard people. The Khan? Karna. Karna. 
Yeah. I like I, I liked their main Karna dude, Rattle. I liked him outside of that. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. As I started reading it, I really enjoyed the first chapter. You know, the one set in the past in the 1800s. The prologue, maybe. Not chapter one. Yeah, the prologue. I enjoyed chapter one. And then when the Predators showed up was when I was like, okay, this has gone wrong somehow. You know, I just, I, I liked the writing of the first two chapters. I was like, this isn't bad. He's actually a good writer. He's a, a Bram Stoker award-winning author. Well, what is that award anyway? I mean, is that really something? I think it's like a science fiction kind of fantasy. Oh, it must yeah. be a horror award. It's Bram Stoker, isn't it? So that's Dracula. Yeah. Well, maybe. This is not a horror book. That's for sure. Well, actually, it is in its own way. I just found it so painful. <laughs> so painful. You, you know how, how much I struggled with Infiltrator for the last one we did? Yeah. But this was even worse. I just didn't, I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to finish reading it. Me neither. That's it. That's so a good what's, your score? <laughs> what's your score? <laughs> I mean, John, John Shirley, just to get it out there, he is writing the new AVP novel. That we've just learned. We've just learned this. He also wrote, would I call it the worst? Yeah, he also wrote the worst alien novel that DH Press did. He wrote Steel Egg. And I was so looking forward to that book. I was really looking forward to it. And all the stupid fucking random alien bullshit in this, we get that in Steel Egg. We get a diamond-shaped headed alien called Griff. Or or they're called Griff and, and the alien's name's Larry. Something like that. I've read that twice. Oh, man. But you said he did a good story in but, uh, Bug Hunt. Yes. No, in Forever, Mi- oh, Forever Midnight. If it bleeds. If it bleeds. He, okay. he did Tin Warrior, I think it was called, in If It Bleeds. Remind me the synopsis of that. Do you guys recall? That is the one where they've built some sort of exosuit and they're testing it against a predator and the predator gets out of the facility. Oh, the gladiator arena or whatever. And, then, and then he has to and chase him down. None of that predator weirdness that you have in this book? No. No. And to be fair to him, he had no fucking idea about Perry stuff. He had no idea about the Oucher. It wasn't in DH Press's Bible that they gave to the um, the authors. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of franchise coordination at that time, I don't think. No. There wasn't any. We'll get to that once Adam's done, I think. We'll jump into that. But I like the cover. <laughs> the cover's cool. I mean, it's kind of yeah. it's like the McFarlane Celtic photoshopped i think and it's embossed it's embossed it's nice steven yule did all the covers for dh press's stuff and it was generally photoshop stuff but yeah they, they were good i enjoyed them i shared one of those on the facebook recently i enjoy steven yule's photoshops and the pages are smooth i don't get any paper cuts so that's a positive <laughs> i usually don't get paper cuts from books dude i'm trying to say good things so yeah what's your score what's your yeah, score what's the score oh hang on let let me, let me try and talk about this. Okay, so I think one of my big issues was I just kept getting bored of how much he would talk about these unique creatures on the planet that were just showed up for a chapter. It, it, it was it was like the guy who had just gone, you know what, fuck it, I've got all these cool ideas for creatures, I'm just going to throw them all in here. And it, it was a rinse and repeat aspect of the book where some new creature would show up, they'd run away, predators at a time. And it would be like super descriptive of them. Yeah. I think it took up more time than anything else in the book is just describing all like the weirdness of the planet, which that was pretty cool. I'm like, okay, this is like, 
this is like the Avatar world on steroids, I guess. But this book was before Avatar. But it's like it got to a point where it was just too much. And it became yeah. kind of comedic how it was like every single time someone would see a new creature, he would go into this long description of all the intricacies of that creature. Uh-huh. I think I liked one of them. I think it was called the Leapers, where they had these little V-shaped things on their head that it would actually go ahead and scatter. The biological drones. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of neat. And the names as well. Good God, some of the names of the creatures in it. Yeah. What else fucked me off? The oh, I liked the idea of the Manchesterites. I liked the idea of the Manchesterites. Yeah. Of this colony of humans. Well, it wasn't even colony. It was a crew from a ship that developed into a colony. And I liked I liked that idea. I didn't like them. Uh, what's the face? The one they found. Anna Anna Louise. Why was she so horny? All she cared about was fucking Because she had to deal with the terrible suitors in her tribe, the bug sniffer, whatever. (laughs) It is really interesting how the women are written in this book. And we could get further into that once Aaron gets through this here. That, so so that pissed me off as well. I was rolling my eyes at that. Derry, the kid, didn't sound like a fucking kid. I don't know what he sounded like, but it weren't a kid and, and he annoyed me. Yeah, he was 11 years me. old and he sounded like a genius, right? At some point. It got it got better towards the end when there wasn't endless. So you're talking about all these things I want to address, but this is your opening. So come on, give us a score. Well, real quick, how did you feel about how the Predators were portrayed? It was so bad, but that's a whole category in itself. We'll talk about that, all but right, right. one out of 10. One out of all 10. All right, so we have a two out of 10. We have a one out of 10, and now it's... Adam, it's not that bad, Zeller. <laughs> hey, <laughs> to be fair to myself, I said, I remember it not being that bad, just as I remembered Hunter's Planet not being that bad. But thinking back, again, I read this in 2007. I was working a summer job on the Sundance Ski Lift. And when you're working on the ski lift in the summer, it's not quite as busy as it is on the winter. So it was common for employees to have books to read while there were long periods of nothing going on. And this was one of the DH Press books that I read. And I think I always thought the Predators were absurd. And and Aaron, it's interesting you bring that up, that this was the first Predator novel ever, original Predator novel, because I guess you had the movie novelizations, but the first original Predator novel. There were some comic novelizations as well. Were there? Yeah, Concrete Jungle, Cold War, and Big Game. Oh, so... But they, they, were, they were comic novels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. That's why I remember. Okay. Oh, or didn't remember. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... I always thought this book was wacky, especially in terms of the Predators. I think I knew that the Predators were portrayed in such a way that this portrayal of them wouldn't catch on because I had read the AVP books at this point and I was like, well, people call them the Yatja, right? People refer to the Perry, what he came up with for the Predators a lot. That's kind of become in the novels the standard. And so this book was doing its own thing, completely different. And so with that, it was it was kind of amusing, I thought, because again, this was before the movie Predators came out in 2010. So the idea of a game preserved planet, we hadn't really gotten that in the prominent way that we would get that with that movie. And so I really like that first chapter as well, when they're bringing people from older world Earth to this planet, and it ends up being this tribe in the future. And I still think that could be a pretty cool concept. I did think the planet was really interesting, not just in that 
it was daylight all the time, but the jungle was so thick and dense that it was really dark in certain patches of the jungle, so dark they could hardly even see. And so I just thought the the planet was was very interesting in how it was described. A lot of the creatures were interesting. I did like some of the character dynamics. I don't think they were taken to their full potential. Like I, I felt like Anne Louise was a good character, regardless if she was horny all the time. And so for her to just be killed off, I was like, ah, come on. Because that's always interesting when you have the uh, tribal civilization come in contact with an advanced civilization, especially one that's been lost and is coming back to regular human society. So there were a number of interesting things about this book. The worst aspect was by far the predators. And the predators were so bad. And I, I remember this back in the day, too, that, that I enjoyed it. It was like you said, AJ, it was a parody when the predators would shout all these weird kind of effusive praises at each other. And that's the thing. There's no male and female predators in this either. They shift genders. They're hermaphroditic. They have like gender cycles. And that creates this kind of weird tension as well with some of them. So just how how weird it was, like these never felt like predators to me. These always felt like a bad representation of predators. I think the book was just so wacky and wild that I got a kick out of it, even back in the day. Because even with the lore issues, AJ, I was like, this is not going to catch on. This is never going to catch on. So I, I guess I kind of dismissed that. I was like, this isn't going to have any lore implications. It kind of did, I guess. Like in the Mortal Kombat game, like they're called the Hish Q10 in one of their variations, mm -hmm. but it didn't really. I mean, maybe the Hish name has popped up here and there, but we haven't seen anything regarding the portrayal of the Predators in this book make its way into the wider lore, thank God. So I even back then, I don't think I was ever really worried about that. I just thought it was so ridiculous that I kind of had to laugh at it and enjoy it. And the, the how crazy the planet was, this wild ride they went on through this whole thing. The story of him trying to get back to his family, I was like, eh, okay, I guess. But yeah, the colony, we never really got into the colony too much. I mean, a little bit, but it, it seemed like all the focus here was on the planet and how weird and wild the planet was. And the ending was so weird, too. We'll get into that, though. I still got a kick out of this book. But if you want to take this as a serious Predator book, you're not going to have a good time. No. If you're judging this as a book that's trying to be a serious Predator book, this is probably the worst representation of Predators I've ever seen. No probably about it. But if you're willing to read something ridiculous and, and like it for that fact, maybe have a couple drinks and be like, If you're a fan of the Predator... If you're a fan of the Predator and want to see them treated like complete shit just for a kick out of it, then you might enjoy this a little bit in some sort of twisted way like I did. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say as if you're looking at it as a serious fan, I'd probably go along with you, Aaron. It's probably a two out of ten. It's terrible. I was one. It was AJ. AJ oh, okay. was the I'll two. I'll agree with AJ. Yeah. Two out of ten. And that's, what, that, that's with me liking certain me concepts. personally, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> It's difficult. Well, well, if you notice, sometimes, guys, I give I give multiple scores, right? As a perspective as a Predator fan, an Alien fan, and then just a general fan. You could give one, too, Adam. All right. I guess I'll try that. So a two as a Predator fan. A two as a Predator fan. If you're looking at this as like a serious Predator novel, yeah, it's terrible. How is terrible a two out of ten from both of you? How is 20%, terrible percent? Like a failing grade dude is like, what? Less than 60%? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like a five would be a failure. Yeah. And it's just degrees of failure. I mean, two is miserable. As a general reader, 
like you said, AJ, probably a five or a six, just because I thought there was the planet was so interesting in some of the elements. I liked the whole them trekking through the jungle with the rover. That was kind of interesting. And some of the things were just so crazy and wild that I couldn't help but be amused by them. Even if as a Predator fan, I do not want them around outside of this book. <laughs> Yeah, that rover was neat. It had what independent like axles and uh, mm. independent suspension, and it could go in water and on the ground. And it was a huge thing. I think it could climb over anything. And yeah, there were some cool, interesting aspects that, like I said, if I could remove myself from being a Predator fan and not find this so offensive, I would still give it a five. But a five, yeah, Aaron, a five is a failing. It's 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 five questions right out of ten. So if we're giving it a two, it's two questions right out of ten. You know, it's it's if you look at it as like a school test it's horrible so i just think it's worse i just think it's worse the predators <laughs> they just didn't feel like predators at all yeah. which you don't want in a book called predator they felt like caricatures of klingons kind of oh god, oh, hell. god no, hell. They no. are nothing nothing like klingons it was know? a parody it was look look there's been parodies in films right titles are escaping me perhaps Spaceballs. Okay, I apologize to Klingon fans. That's why I said caricature of Klingons. Okay? Well, I don't know if you guys ever saw Spaceballs. It might be one where the underlings call their lead villain by these grandiose titles like, Yes, my great overlord of evilness. <laughs> Or at once, my master of monstrous magnitude, you know? And it's it's done that way to lampoon the evil stereotypical villain and the, the henchman that follows them. And it lampoons it in the, the film that it's it's parodying or, or the genre itself. And it's funny when it's a parody. But for me, Predator Forever Midnight was never Build as a parody. So in turn, it makes a mockery of the Predators and their communication within. Now, you were talking about lines. I have some lines here. Let me just say a few of these. I got to say this one, because this kind of relates to the one you said before. This is actually on the same page of the treachery, oh, powerful reproductive or organ in what manner. So this is between a predator who, again, recently became a female who was trying to like flirt with the son of like a, their commander or whatever. And the predator says, yes, oh, magnificent throbbing rod of revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I had that down. Magnificent I'm sorry, I had to take And that son came out of nowhere as well. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, for, then formed the basis of the main guy's motivation at the, um, the end of the book. So you have, oh, yes, exquisitely developed ruthlessness. Oh, yes, powerful reproductive organ. Oh, yes, killer of entire planet's populations. Oh, yes, the wrecker of cosmic wreckage. I mean, this is a mockery, you know? Every and time the Predators addressed each other, it was this wacky shit. The funny thing as well is he fucking hated it himself. The Predator that they were talking yes. to yeah. hated it. I was like, yeah, I fucking hate reading it as well. Yeah, so what was John Shirley thinking? And maybe maybe that's where I can get into this whole idea of uh, what he paid attention to and he didn't read the comics because there's an interview online. It was a blog by another writer. His name was, I have it down here, Michael A. Ventrella. And he's a writer as well, but he asked John Shirley an assortment of questions and Predator came up. And John acknowledged slightly that there was contention with Predator Forever Midnight. I don't know if there's much contention, just universal agreement that it sucks. And he, he kind of laid the blame gently towards fans who can be, quote, possessive about the franchise they love, end quote. 
Always the fans' fault. <laughs> yeah, but sh- surely he said he didn't bother reading all the comics at the time simply because it wasn't required. And to him, all he had to do was just watch the movies, and he launched from there, and he got to be creative with it. Now, what I found ironic in this interview is he said he also did a book based on the Bioshock video games called Bioshock Rapture. Tell me I didn't play him. No, well, and he revealed <laughs> he no, no, this is different. He different. He he revealed that it was plain difficult writing this book because the game developers were very hands-on, where Shirley acquiesced and said he'd rather adapt than argue with the developers. So what's ironic is in the same breath, John says that his Bioshock book was the most successful of his existing franchise books. And I'm thinking, as I read this, maybe, John, there's a connection, you know, the the less far reaching, the better. The thing is, I can understand, I can understand not going and reading the old stuff. I can. The comics. Yeah, I can understand not reading the books, not reading the comics, because at the end of the day, and at that point in time, there wasn't a massively concerted effort to to make it all fit and relevant. It, it wasn't unknown for these things to contradict each other, but there was more wrong with it than it not necessarily yeah. fitting some of the other stuff. It just plain didn't fit what we saw of them in the film. In the movies, yeah. This didn't feel anything like the Predators we, we saw in the movies at all. And what did we have before that? It was both... Predator 1, well, Predator and Predator 2, and then both AVPs, right? Yes. Yeah. Actually, when no, was the AVP? first AVP. The first, no, AVP. the first one, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And and Adam's going to hate me here, but they were called like crab face so much that in my head <laughs> canon, these were like ADI AVP predators that were a different species than those. Standards. I mean, that's what's on the cover, so, you know, uh, you get that. Yeah, that was my head canon. And, when, and, and on the cover as well, it's the AVP ships. Yeah, the mothership, mothership, which they weren't described like that in the book either, but I guess that happens all the time with covers. There's a mothership at the end of the book, but it's not described like the AVP one at all. Well, they, they um, I, I imagine this detail probably would have made you smile, AJ, where they were talking about the, the ground fog on the ships. Yes, yes. That was cool because it, it called back to Predator 2, and I'm like, okay, you're you're maintaining some consistency here. And what I liked something new was, was that the ship actually compensated its atmosphere for the breathers that were in particular rooms. Like, you could tell what type of biological needs and adjust the airflow, for lack of a better word, accordingly. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So there were some minor things that came up that I'm like, oh, that's pretty There were some technological yeah. elements, both with the human and predator side of things that were interesting, but it was just really the portrayal of their culture that I think was the biggest problem, oh, especially God, yeah. how they were such like slave drivers. <laughs> they wanted to like take people over with mind control. They had oh. personal shields that would disable really quickly when they attacked, which felt out of character for predators. There was one part where I was like, okay, this is not predator here where the predator has a mind controlled human. And he's like, cut the head off that one for me, collect my trophy. And I'm like, Ugh, come on. There was a lot of behavior in this where it was, that's not a predator. It, they they went for the whole joy of the kill kind of thing rather than the it thrill of like the hunt. It like the predators were trying to convince themselves of that. Like they were always like, oh yes, the great joy of hunting, but that was never really shown to us. It was always just a bunch of bravado. I was right with you when um, Shesh Cook 
Pad Manning, like chop off the head of the predator or something like that. And I'll claim him as my trophy. I'm right with you, Adam. I'm like, you didn't earn that trophy. <laughs> and uh-huh. someone else is killing it for you. You just ordered the guy to. Yeah. Manning was his name. And maybe, maybe let's get into that ridiculous mind control because maybe you guys can help me out here with that character, Manning. Right. So apparently in this book, predators like to are, are, are flirting with mind control. Right. And we have this character, Shesh, who is one of the uh, United Nations Interstellar Settlement Corps. The, the orbital Marines, former orbital Marine. Yeah. So I need one of you guys to explain what the F and I mean, <laughs> what the F, because here's Manon and he's abducted by the predators. And he's in this experimental mind control program, okay? So Manon will do the predator's building. So he'll believe he's a predator. And part of the process is for him to believe he's talking to great earth warmongers like General Genghis Kong and Richard the Lionheart. And, <laughs> I forgot about that. And General Patton. But instead of these figures being human, Genghis Khan has predator dreads and he's got a plasma caster. And General Patton's the famous general in the United States Army during World War II. He has mandibles that he clicks and he has mandibles. Let me repeat that, everyone. General Patton has mandibles and he explains <laughs> to Manon that the hunt is all. The hunt is everything. And this is how Manning's thought process has changed. So he's no longer on the side of humanity and he's now a hish, a predator. He even said something about that later when he kind of snapped out of it uh, again. He was like, I'm a man looking in who thinks he's a predator with the, the shell of a man or something. And it's like, this has just gotten so wacky. But yeah. he does break out of his mind control later. And after he's gotten like a number of their people killed, rejoins them to try and exact revenge on the predators. How did he break away from that mind control? I got confused. It almost felt like he he was out of their airwave range. I think he was saying he got kind of, I guess, horrified by the deaths of Anne Louise and the guy who was, who was the Summers. Yeah, Yeah, Summers. Hmm. I think that kind of snapped him out of it. Although he said when he started pursuing them, he said, I was still kind of into it until I went into the underground tunnels. So maybe it was those underground tunnels. Maybe it was some sort of signal thing. But then when he left the tunnels, he was still free of it. Well, I don't think it, it wasn't necessarily that was that was conditioning. That wasn't like the other guys with the. Yeah, it was just the, indoctrination. The it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like remote control or anything. It was just another one of those bullshit points. Do you guys want to talk about the remote control? But I, I actually, but I just I want I want to go back to some. This is was something I did like actually. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. This whole thing about the predators taking technology, and that that was something I liked in in the Alpha Predator lore as well. Was the idea of them overthrowing their captors oh. and um, stealing their stuff? Because by all accounts, they are a stagnant race. From what we've seen of of all the stuff, the technology doesn't develop that much. So it kind of works in my head that they did steal the technology. They may they might know how to maintain it and um, stuff. I'm honestly not big on that concept. Person. I like it. I like it. Well, they do upgrade it, Aaron. They just don't maintain it. They do upgrade it. At least well, according just because to the they lore maintain a culture. I don't think doesn't mean they don't have technological upgrades. I mean, we saw even. Whatever you think about it, the movie The Predator showed that they were experimenting with new things. 
Oh, I forget, I forget the brother. As well as the armor was was newer looking than we had seen before. So to me, it's always there's a lot of the predator society we don't see in terms of the predator scientists and the predator engineers. And we see on their homeworld briefly in AVPR that they are a very advanced race. And for me, it kind of cheapens them to, oh, they just stole everything from more advanced races and are using their technology. Like for me, the cool juxtaposition of the predators is how tribal they are with how advanced they are. And if That's they got fun. all that advancement from other races, I'm just like, eh, it kind of just makes them into these brutish thugs, you know? Like, to me, I want the Predators to be more sophisticated than that. That they developed a lot of, if not all of this crazy technology, but they still decide to live in a tribal context. At least some of their clans do that we've seen. Maybe not all clans live that way. So for me, to have them just steal all the technology and be these, like, brutish slave drivers and stuff, it just, it's not how I like to perceive Predators. I don't like to perceive them as slave drivers either. But the the NECA lore for the alpha figure gave us the best of both worlds. They not only took people's technology, but they improved upon. So I kind of like that balance. It's a little of what you're saying, Adam, and a little of what you're saying, Aaron, that they steal technology, but they're able, they're smart enough to improve upon it and expand upon it. So I like that they take different cultures, technology, and they infuse their own. I think it's really a fascinating element. So. I could get that. But as long as they have an element of their own and this book seemed to portray them as like they stole everything like everything was developed by their slaves and stuff like yeah. that so that sort of portrayal I'm, I'm not about yeah well i mean it's, it's like i say there's ideas and elements that i like but execution no yeah you were actually talking about ideas and concepts so let's go back to the predators concept right who came up with the predator hunting reserve planet first well rodriguez did well, because he had it, wasn't, no, it was it wasn't a hunting reserve though yeah it was like a zoo it was right? like a prison planet or something. They they brought them with them. They weren't unleashed on the world to just roam around and then everybody dropped down. Because if you remember, they were all in cages. Yeah, but it was like a zoo. Which so like I'm that. wondering if Rodriguez like took that idea from this book, you know, because they're dropping like like the river ghost and predators. You know, we have the Karna, these beings with alligator skin and eyes like snakes. I uh, doubt Rodriguez or Alex White, not Alex White, Alex Litvak or Mike Finch fucking read this book. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. He uh, That first Predator script, he might have enjoyed it. I think another thing, too, with this for me is this was before Avatar came out in 2009. So, And that's kind of the movie you think of when it comes to just a wacky alien life. planet. Yeah. And so this reading that before that, you know, mainstream kind of portrayal of that sort of alien world, I think that was a very interesting factor. But it, like we said before, it did go very overboard in terms of it, it would keep showing you all these new creatures and all these new elements of this planet and would go into such long winded ways of describing them that I'm like, okay, like this, this just seems a bit much here. Like I'm getting a little overwhelmed with this. Like you have me interested in this thing. You're just kind of focusing way too much on it and not enough on the characters. To be fair, I think James Cameron uh, was developing Avatar in the 1990s at first. I mean, not that he's not guilty of stealing or maybe stealing's too harsh of a word, uh, but borrowing ideas. But I think Avatar was actually scripted prior to this book. But, you know, that was more Pocahontas and Dances with Wolves kind of borrowing. And to be fair, I, d I doubt the concept of weird and wacky stuff on a sci-fi world's original to no no to this. I'm sure I'm sure many I'm authors just saying have done that. Yeah. from the age I was at, the kind of like I made that connection when I saw Avatar. I was like, oh, it's kind of like this weird jungle alien planet, you know, from Foreverman. Obviously, there's a lot of differences too, but I kind of made that connection. 
I guess on its own, I, I, I might be interested a little. It, it wasn't delivered well. You know, I said I like those leaper creatures, but some of them, they, I just, they weren't described very interestingly and they didn't pay off most of them. And um, yeah. it, it was just one random creature after another after another. It was too repetitive and it just felt like a, it felt like Shirley was dumping a load of stuff that he'd thought about in the past or thought, oh, that'd be cool. And just dumping it into the book because he wasn't going to get a chance to yeah, do it. Because at one point they're talking about using these flying helium filled bugs to build a balloon, but nothing ever comes of that. And I'm just yeah. like, why even like spend time talking about it? It feels like he's like, oh, I need, I need 20 more pages. <laughs> Let me fill in a little section um, here, you know. Yeah. And I got to say the ending, there's there's a character who's this loyal character throughout the whole book. And then when uh, when this oh, guy Georgie? gets back together with his family, yeah, Georgie, she's just like, I don't think I'm going to let you go back to Earth with your pretty little family. I'm just going to kill them all. And I'm like, this is out of left field. Okay. Like, if Georgie can't have her man, <laughs> no one will. You it's know? Like she never even hinted at having those kind of feelings for him in the whole book. We're all going to die and let the Predators win. So, uh, Adam, what did you think about that kill gland? I mean, what are these things? These things are under, like, the predator's collarbone, I guess. And ironically, can make them into a berserker rage, especially if you pierce them and spread them among lots of predators. <laughs> They'll just go and start attacking each other and killing each other. I saw that coming, not remembering it. And I was just like, that is both incredibly stupid <laughs> but also, at least it's an inventive way to get rid of the predators? Question mark? Yeah. Raised eyebrow? Confused so the, face? The main character, Ness, yanks out a kill gland because the mind-controlled character, Manon, told him about these kill glands. He's like, oh yeah, the predators barely survived this as, as a race, you know? Because they, they would just go berserk and kill the person next to them because they had to deal with this kill gland. They had to use drugs to suppress the kill gland and all that. So he yanks a kill gland out of one of the predator's corpses, throws it in a blender with like... <laughs> right, with vinegar. With like vinegar. Puts it in a jar and... It just instinctively it. did it as well. I don't know how that helped the situation. This is all like while being pursued by the predators like they're not far away at this point and he'd very deliberately done it as well let's add that he yeah. went back up there for this purpose with water and vinegar and a little umbrella throws the jar onto the ceiling above the predators and they all lose their minds and kill each other so and well a why <laughs> i'm sure they were all wearing masks it wasn't specifically described as oh no they said about skin hey, contact. that kill gland is strong man oh, yeah no they did they did they did say about skin <laughs> contact so it wasn't the smell but yeah that's stupid as fuck yeah Ugh. it's just <laughs> yeah no it was it was it was it was bad <laughs> so what do you guys <laughs> speaking about biology what do you guys feel about the predator reproduction you know the uh both you know you start as a male and you become a female and i guess return as a male again at some point I think they just kept cycling, didn't they? Wasn't yeah. that what it what it said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? They cycle back and forth. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I guess. Are there any reptiles that uh, do that? I think frogs can change sex. I believe frogs. So. Well, wasn't yeah? That was the whole thing in Jurassic Park, wasn't it? The frog DNA that let them change gender, sex. Yeah. But me, it was just the way it was stupidly and. All right, all right, let's, let's imagine this here. Okay, this is how John Shirley writes it, right? When male predators would enter their female modality, as he called it, they would get purple motling around their jaws, like purple lipstick. They would braid their dreads with bright color 
decorations, just like bows. This is in the book. I'm not making it up. And due to their hormonal shift, they would stay home <laughs> until they spawn. And the best part, yes, ladies and gentlemen, predators in female mode would get PMS. <laughs> in a predator's early stage of female modality, they would become unpredictable thanks to their hormones. <laughs> hey, predator hunting ground haters, uh, how are those equal, maybe more dangerous female hunters looking to you now after reading <laughs> this book? It's only the boobs. It's only the boobs. Uh, here we go. We could talk about this for an hour. The point is, he, he made it like purple lipsticks. He made it like color yeah. braids. And, you know, it's kind of funny how John Shirley presents just females entirely in this book. And I can see them getting upset with that, you know, just like we were talking about Georgie, where it's like, if, if Georgie can't have her man, nobody will. And that just came out of nowhere, too. And what's her name? Um, Anne uh, Louise. Louise being so horny. I mean, all these are <laughs> just stereotypes. The, the women weren't written well. Let's be honest. Yes. Like he, even yes. when it came, even when it came to Nessa's wife, it was yes. the eleven-year-old boy she that was, was just the following fucking around hero. Derry the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, Derry was the one that knew what was good for for his mom. Yeah, you know, with with the whole stepdad situation. It was all about uh, Ness coming back to rescue. Mm. The woman and her son. And yeah, yeah, they really weren't written well. No. Which is funny because um, this John Shirley approaches to me with a very liberal political um, writing style. You know, saying that I think it was Christian terrorists are in this future. I, I, I did like that actually. That that made me laugh. I'm not I'm not big on um, organized religion, so that that gave me a, a chuckle. And the fact, you know, they're going to stay on this planet to stop, you know, all the environmental stuff. So I was kind of surprised that when it comes to females, man, <laughs> predators get PMS, man. Ugh. So I don't know. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. That's all there is to say, it is. really. It is. Oh, God. It is. And, and what about that relationship arc anyway with Elena that came out of nowhere? I mean, you know, suddenly, I mean, he's just coming to see his son and hoping his son is alive. And next thing, you know, while a predator is coming for them, he opens up and says, you know, maybe he was too macho. And she was mad because he went from the O Marines to the UNISC. And she cut him off, assumingly from sex. So he had an affair, but he really loves her. And he really didn't want to marry this other woman. And this was all happening while the predator was like coming, you know, and I'm, I'm like, why didn't this arc stretch across the whole entire book? Like we learn why they separated. We go to flashbacks, you know, and somehow across this journey, Ness realizes the error in his ways and how fragile relationships are or whatever. But it doesn't. It's just all thrown in into a page, a page and a half. And he just inserts himself back into their lives as well. That's the entire point of what he's doing. It's like I don't give a shit that you've run away to escape me. I'm just yeah, fuck it. I'm coming here. You can't you can't escape me. And yeah. then he then he does then he does the same at the end with the kid. And he's like, Yeah, you're gonna be saying lots more of me. And she went to say something and then was like, Eh, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> deal with it. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, the, the company is going to come and strip mine this planet. We got to protect it. I was like, where did this come from? We're in the like last two pages yes. of the book here. Why couldn't that be a revelation, you know, that it occurred during the book? It's it's like he got three quarters of the way through the book, right? In a chase novel describing weird and wacky, wonderful creatures and plants and trees and have a character considered sticking his dick in a sucking tree. <laughs> 
<laughs> I forgot about that part. I, I was like, is he really, is that what he's suggesting? And then I kind of moved on and I was like, okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that got that impression. And, and then we get to the last quarter of the book where it's like, shit, there needs to be some story here. So we have this this predator kid show up out of nowhere that, that's all, that makes the main predator character go off. And then you have all this stuff with the geothermal plant that's supposed to power it's, it's like he realized at the end of the book that he needed some plot. And when Manon goes up to the Predator mothership and the Predators stand around like imbeciles while he turns the <laughs> ship's gun on itself to destroy them all. And yeah, they were drunk or something. Over sending him to the playroom where they keep all the Predator children to rip things apart that they throw in there. I'm just like, this is so crazy so crazy like uh, but again like i don't mean to end like okay i'm so glad that shirley wrote an interesting predator story and if it bleeds aaron like that's very comforting to hear that because he has an avp novel coming so i am not i'm never i'm almost never going to write off an artist even if i really didn't like a piece of their work i'm always hoping just like you are with adi voodoo like oh this next time i really hope they get it right and with AVP, I really hope Shirley gets it right. But please, please, Me too. no kill glands. Oh, watch him respect his book. Like, I'm going to make a sequel. <laughs> please, no predators shouting weird praise at each other after they've just changed sexes. Uh, that's a good point. Is he going to ignore in his... <laughs> in his writing everything he wrote before i mean did he in that short story i guess he did right i can't i can't remember if that was just a, a no thing or if that was a yaucha thing because from what i remember a lot of the stuff in if it bleeds was yaucha base yeah but the next one the next one's good flesh and blood's good it's got the hish in it but it's good. You tell me, like, they don't go into the Hish culture at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like they're movie predators. I, I remember one bit in that the, where it was like they killed some random dudes, and I was like, okay, one, one bit's okay. One bit's okay. Hmm. The Hish in that, the Hish in that were better. They're more like how I tended to view predators, because, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I don't like the outger. So that, that interpretation was a bit more of how I tend to think of the predators. But in terms of the Hish being something like the berserker predators of predators, just another that's species no, of that's, predator. That's, that's bullshit. The, the, this, this book did not happen. None of, the, <laughs> none of this is, none, none of this is. You lore. don't want that incorporated into canon? No, no I, I know, I know some people like, to try and justify them as some other thing and, and I know Necker's thing made it be like yeah they were the Hish but they were they were little bitches I think they also call them the Hish I think ancient ancestors yeah so and they but but if you remember in the NECA storyline, they were yeah, weak, bumbling fools. And they were slaves to the Amengi, however you want to pronounce Amengi. it. Amengi. Amengi. Yeah, I, I, I go Amengi, yeah. Okay. And it wasn't until they developed these guys as gladiators and stuff like that is where they truly became predators. So I, I can reconcile this in my head some way, you know, if I have to, that this is pre-predators as we know it. They're little weaklings, little little babies that call each other rock. Of <laughs> it's it's an alternate timeline book where they never overthrew the Amengi, but the Amengi are their slaves somehow. But, they, but they're a different Amengi because they're not Jean Claude Van Damme. They're a little bug. No, well, man sized man sized cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this book so bad. And you guys, you guys haven't even talked about the joysticks. The oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The predators have these drones that they fly into the human colony and they shoot some of the colonists in the neck with these little devices that like. <laughs> 
burrow their way into their nervous system somehow. And then the predator younglings to train to become hunters later in their life, they start controlling these people like crazy killers. And it turns into kind of a horror movie sequence where you have this little girl saying, come here and kill with me. And she like bashes this person with the plane. <laughs> Let, let me tell let me tell you what this reminded me of. When I was in school, year 10, we used to have a thing called Activities Week, where we, each day in this week, we'd go off and do some crazy stuff that we wouldn't normally do as part of part of school. And one year, they did, a, a, they did a film day, a film course where you could go and make your own films. And we ended up making a horror film, and it was like a, a, a two-minute shot of just a guy walking at the screen. <laughs> Just, you know, the fucking Michael Myers thing of a guy with a knife. It was just a straight two-minute shot. Just a straight two-minute shot of this. And that's all I thought about when they were describing the kids and the people just zombie-like trying to chase down people. I was just like, that reminds me of being at school, that does. Then the Predators were all watching the kids play the video game. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, look at them kill. Yes, kill, children. And it was just so silly. It's just so silly. And their arms were flailing around, you know? Why'd you guys make me read this book? (laughs) Because Adam kept saying it wasn't that bad. Adam. I wanted you to suffer, AJ. (laughs) (laughs) It's for all those late jokes I used to do. And to Adam's credit, he's been very punctual this year. 2021 is the year of the new Adam. The latter half. Well. Earlier this year, it wasn't. To to be fair, I just put stuff back because he didn't finish reading it. Sometimes I've had good reasons, though. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. AJ, I just had to show you how bad predators could get in terms of their portrayal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what are you on about, Adam? It wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, I mean, you know. it's, it's not that bad for a weird and wacky romp through a crazy alien jungle planet with the most absurd, ridiculous portrayal of the predators you could possibly imagine. So if that's what you're, if you're curious about that, go for it. And you'll get some sick, twisted enjoyment out of it like I did. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. (laughs) Look, look, you know, there's already spoilers, obviously. (laughs) We've spoiled the whole entire book. But if you you want a book where (laughs) a predator gets thrown into boiling water... (laughs) And the hero says, nothing like the smell of boiled crab. <laughs> Mouth-watering. That's and, right. Oh, that was so good. Then this is the book for you. Did he say something about it making his mouth water as well? Yeah, mouth-watering. Yeah. yeah, so the, well, the, the, that guy from Strange Brew, the comic, he, he'd probably get on with it. Adam has no clue. I bet you haven't read I Strange Brew, no have you? No. What's that? A guy cooks a predator. Is what did it? Oh, was it? I remember that. A, yeah, gum, it's a gumbo. Been a long time. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. I remember that. It's been a long time. I need to go through all the comics again. Not that now much. that now that said, Predator fans had it a lot better in the noise when it came to DH Press books. Predator only only went from shit to brilliant with DH Press. Now Alien that went from weird. Okay, I gotta interject here. DNA War. Just like Forever Midnight, I read in that same time in my life, and I remember really enjoying DNA War. <laughs> Please, guys, don't do it. Okay, okay, okay. You have to admit, DNA War is not nearly as bad as Forever Midnight. No, God, no. No, no, no. no, no nothing. Well, no, that's a lie. I'm going to say nothing is as bad as uh, Forever Midnight, but then we have Steel Egg by John Shirley. It's as bad as, as Forever Midnight. Oh, we got to read that one, too. No, no. <laughs> with, with Alien, it's Original Sin. Weird. DNA War. 
weird cauldron uh, okay okay criminal enterprises the best but still eh. steel egg shit and no exit no exit i think is the biggest disappointment of these because it starts so good and it's so interesting and then the last third of this book is just fucking batshit insane insanity you have it's supposed it's supposed to be language barrier kind of thing it's like a swede who doesn't really speak english and instead it comes off as not quite all there and he goes hand to hand with an alien and it was just so offensive when uh, with that portrayal but the first two thirds of this are brilliant and then that last third is just what the fuck so Predator fans had it a lot better <laughs> a lot better with the DH press days even with this the ones that stayed around unfortunately yeah, well, if you if you bothered to read, because the funny thing was, Flesh and Blood kept getting delayed. It just kept getting delayed and pushed back and pushed back. I remember that, yeah. And then then when that came out, I was I was honestly surprised at how good this was. Um, really solid. You know what? We'll we'll have to. Well, no, because we're going to skip ahead to Turnabout, aren't we? But, but I do recommend this. Please one. skip. Please skip. They never <laughs> re-released the Titan. Never re-released the DH Press books. No, all the all the comics, all the comic times. No, did they? Did they do? Yeah, they did do the comic times. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. I don't know why they didn't release they these. Did I assume the AVP Prey yeah. trilogy. But I think I think they did the complete Predator Omnibus as well with Cold. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it next free slot. Then we'll do Turnabout. Good, because I've never read it, and I hear it's awesome. It's very good. I didn't. I was. I was worried about this one going in. Is Turnabout as hard to find as South China Sea is? Yeah. It's yes. So that's probably why those books are so hard to find is because they haven't been reprinted, even digitally. Had to read this one the old-fashioned way again. Nobody, nobody reading it out to you. No. No digital highlight. He got his girlfriend the second book to read while, she's, <laughs> while Adam was reading. No, but it was, it was, I don't know. It was kind of nice to read a book the old-fashioned way, too. Oh, good. It's good to vary the way you read things. You mean the proper way, right? As long as you're retaining the information, that's the proper way. I don't, I don't want to retain this information. <laughs> No. You know how we joked in Hunter's Planet about me going, was it really that bad? Yeah. This... It's worse. This (laughs) this is one of the ones where I'm never going to go, was it really that bad? I think I need a reread to see. This this will always be, yeah, it was shit. It was really bad. I, I honestly think this is the lowest point of the Predator franchise. Even on, even on top of the Predator, even on top of some of the shit comics. What, what, what was the bad reboot? Yeah, I prefer the Pray to the Heavens. Pray to the Heavens. This is the lowest the franchise has ever got. I would agree in terms of taking it as a serious It's a fucking predator Predator book. book. (laughs) You take it as a predator book. You have to wonder if it was meant to be a parody or not. It well, it wasn't. I I never got that. And don't you know the fans are the problem anyway? Yeah. And somehow, somehow, according to Amazon, this book is a four out of five. However, I, I do very much agree with the title of this one particular one-star review, this worst book I've ever read. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... I, I, it's just, it's so bad. It's well, so what is bad. the worst book you ever read then, Adam? I don't know. I probably tried to forget it. So on, on Goodreads, looks like it's about three out of five is the average review. That's too high. We're done. I'm f i am I didn't want to talk more than ten minutes about this. I really didn't. Just fucking hated it. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else I've got to contribute. <laughs> yeah. That's it. This is painful, guys. Yeah. And it, and it's still somehow probably not our shortest podcast as well either. But yeah. really? 
Like I said, guys, bonkers, bananas, <laughs> and batshit crazy. Have at it. Yeah. It's just avoid this book full stop. I wonder how hard this one is to find if I was to go to Amazon and if I wanted to find a copy. I bet I bet you can find it for 10 cents on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the buy now option. Uh, you know, with completists, I bet it's something like 10, 15 bucks, I bet. Buy used for $995. Wow, it's going for even more. Fun. Get fucked. What's that from eBay? Amazon. $900. You're full. That can't be right, right? It is right. It was a typo. A mass market, yeah, mass market paperback. I guess that's rare these days. $30 on Amazon.co.uk. Amazon.com. One new from $919 on Amazon. Yeah, these third-party sellers, man, are a little... Uh, I found one on dollars. eBay for $15.44, American dollars. So and that's still too much. With yeah. free shipping. It says on the back of the book, $6.99. Don't pay any more than that. Don't pay that. <laughs> don't, don't take it for free. If somebody, Look, I always say, if somebody tells me something's bad, I'm going to read it or watch it or play it. If I have any interest, I'm going to read it, watch it, or play it, and make up my own mind. Don't fucking bother. <laughs> Just trust us. This is dog shit. It's not worth your time. This is this was harder to read than infiltrating. You heard how much I wanted to throw that at the wall. This was a goddamn chore. And I hate I hate Adam for challenging it. I hate Necker for bringing <laughs> hey, out the alpha It was your predator. idea. You're the one who wanted to do the podcast. I just brought it up because... Every time we would get on hunting grounds, well, not every time, but sometimes, and AJ would be like, oh, I love that Hish backstory. I'd be like, oh, if only you knew about the Hish, my friend. Well, I love the Alpha backstory. <laughs> I mean, you know, both, let's give credit to NECA and Ilphonic. They did a lot of course, course correction. And uh, I, I know you're not a huge fan of the Alpha. I think the Alpha is a cool backstory. I just don't like know if I would want it fully incorporated in canon, but that's a whole other discussion. There's a lot of Predator things I think are awesome and really cool that I wouldn't want as official canon hmm. that I've seen in the extended universe. I don't know. I'd have to I don't know, write a list or something. But You know, I bet I could move this book for 20 bucks. I could have a booth, <laughs> a Predator. Well, hang on. You just don't hear want to me keep out. on yourself? No, just hear me out. I would have a ton of Predator Forever Midnight books. And it's my sign would say Predator Forever Midnight, $20. And people would line up and I'd say, here's your book and here's your $20. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one would come up and so on. What can I say? I'm just sadistic. I wanted you guys to experience this book. This was this was the hardest one to prepare for this podcast. It really was, man. Can only go up from here, right? Yeah, this, that, <laughs> this is very true. That is very true. Thanks, I think. Although to be fair, I'm actually quite looking forward to reading Turn About again. I haven't read it for a couple of years. Well, what would be the next gentleman anyway? It would be Alien, right? The comics, maybe? And then also um, Fireteam Elite? Uh, in, yeah, in terms of scheduling, uh, well, I don't know scheduling. In terms of stuff coming up, we've got Fireteam to talk about. We've got Marvel's first arc, which is Bloodlines to talk about. And we'll throw in Aftermath in there oh, as well. Bloodlines is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one i need to get drunk for that, that's not gonna be a fun one we've got cadigan's alien three to do which that sounds like it's gonna be good could be interesting I'm, I'm i'm quite looking forward to seeing how it goes when we get into the more insane elements that i didn't like about the script but um she's been taking she's been doing a good job at doing what adaptions do and that's expanding explaining stuff that wasn't necessarily explained in in the films or, or in the you know the comics the source material so that's been nice we're not doing a uh, podcast on the cookbook are we no, no. what why not 
I wouldn't know where to begin with that. I didn't request a review copy of it, but I was sent request one. Request one for me? Oh, you already got one? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Adam would take us in the kitchen and prepare the That's meals. Right. And... Do an alien cooking with Adam. That would make a good YouTube video. There you go. I'm planning on doing a video is what I'm planning on doing. Trying to cook one of the things in it. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if it happens. I That would make for a good video. My culinary skills aren't particularly great. See, so we should my- have a, we should have a cook off. You do one, and then I do one, and we release the videos at the same time and see who messed up the dishes more. I'm finding that a good idea. Mm, all right, let's do okay. it. Okay, you're gonna have to cut this so it's not. Uh, do you do home no, cooking? Is, do you want to jump in on this? I, I do home cooking, but no, I do not want to jump in on this. <laughs> oh man, you should see one of them. It's... I don't want to make a chest burster at home. <laughs> make a funny. Make a funny. What? I do not want to make that. No. <laughs> you don't want to make a pepper that looks like a, a vagina. No. No. <laughs> Wait, sure? is that called the entrance to the derelict or something? I don't. I don't know. It's, it's still in it. It's still in its cellophane. I haven't opened it yet. Oh, you guys could do the fingering. Do you remember right around Alien Covenant? There was that photographer. Yeah, Christine something. Yeah, she made some really cool looking alien dishes. Oh yeah, yeah. Her bakery stuff was great. I tried to watch her show, but I couldn't get into it actually. Wasn't it on Netflix for a while? I think it was. Yeah. To our listeners and viewers, sorry this has been such a negative podcast. If this is your first time, we promise we're not always this negative. I think this is probably the most negative podcast we've ever done where we're all kind of in universal agreement. There's just been a few recent books we've looked at that haven't been... Even Infiltrator, I kind of defended that one a little bit. I was like, yeah, yeah, I suppose. it's okay, but... Yeah, I think I hated that one more than you paired it. But I think I got a bit more of a twisted amusement out of this book than you guys did. Yeah, but you 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 also like shitty horror films on purpose. Sometimes. I, my taste is very eclectic. What can I say? You guys need to go to one of our Predator 2 podcasts. You know, either when we talk about its 30th anniversary or our interview with Stephen Hopkins. Cleanse the palate. Yeah. And hey, next year is hopefully going to be a really good Predator year because it will be the 35th anniversary of the original yes. Predator. And Skulls, Skull Predator 5 will be coming out next year. Yes, that, that's going to be a big one as well, obviously. Didn't we do a Predator? We revisited the first film not too long ago. Five For the 30th anniversary. Oh, well, it's been five years. We can do another one. Have you ever seen it in 3D, Aaron, the original Predator? It's really no. cool in 3D. It's fantastic. I don't. I don't want to go buy a three D tally, so that's probably unlikely. <laughs> There's not many movies that make it worth it, but Predator is one of them. Tell you what, I really liked in the cinema was Titanic in three D. I thought the conversion on that was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I own the disc. Good. That one's good too. Guardians of the I, Galaxy I, is another wonderful one. That kind of it became a big thing in theaters after Avatar, and then it kind of slipped away. Uh, so I wonder if James Cameron's going to bring that back with the Avatar sequels, if that'll make 3D a big thing again. Because remember when Prometheus came out and it was such a big thing that that was an IMAX 3D? And when Alien Covenant was coming, I was like, is he going to do the 3D thing again? And he didn't. I didn't, so. no. I think 3D is one of those gimmicks that just uh, it cycles back around every now and again. Yeah, sometimes it works really well. Like, you get a movie like Tron Legacy in 3D oh, on IMAX, God. and yeah. 
Tron, Tron Legacy is just a beautiful film, full stop. At home, I've found the 3D experience much better. If you yeah. have a crystal clear television and it's a lot brighter than a movie theater, it's, it could be so much more immersive. Something like Guardians of the Galaxy where they're traveling through nowhere and you see all these structures in the foreground and the background and it's just, it actually enhances the experience. The same thing with Predator, with the jungle. You, you, you get a more claustrophobic feel to it. Something like Terminator 2 as well. And when you're going through those um, subway, those uh, canals, those oh. concrete drainage canals. It really makes it even more thrilling. So sometimes I think it can enhance the experience, but I would say the majority of the films shouldn't have been in 3D and it actually degrades from the experience. It's a poor conversion. Yeah, most conversions are not great, but there's a few that are. That are. Predators, yeah. one of them. Another one was Jurassic Park. I saw the original Jurassic Park when it came back to theaters in 3D. That one was really good conversion as well. What I was disappointed is The Predator 2018. That came out in 3D, but I haven't been... Yeah, but I've not been able to get a disc for that. It hasn't been released. I think they released it in Russia, and that was it. I never saw it in 3D. Yeah. I I don't remember it in 3D. To be fair, when I'm given the option, I don't generally tend to go watch 3Ds, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done, aren't we? Sorry we were so negative, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We really enjoyed um, Intercaribdis. If you want to go hear us be good about it and enthuse about a book, what else? Well, no, Thicker Than Blood was half and half. Alien? Uh, I think the the original screenplay we were quite happy with. It was just Adam that had the problem with the, some of the art stuff in that one. But yeah, that, that was a positive one. Yeah, I still enjoyed it overall. I still think it was pretty solid. I think Eric enjoyed it too, I think, overall. I, I really enjoyed that one as well. I will say I'm still looking forward to the AVP book by Shirley because we don't get enough AVP and it seems like we might have some more coming. So that's nice to see. I'm scared, but hope. I'm going to read it with an open mind. Yeah. I'm not going to write off any creator that wants to work in this universe, regardless of what they've done for. Just please, no kill glance. Uh, <laughs> no predator younglings playing <laughs> video games. With people. With people. Or video games in general. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They're, they're, I'm sure there's some predator video but games. In his defense... Forever Midnight came out back in 2006. And if you say you did a better job, and if it bleeds... It did. Then, yeah. I, I was quite worried when I saw his name in that book. And then I didn't... There's not a single short in that book that I didn't like. So I, I was very happy with that book. And very happy with his work in it. Yeah. Anyway. Let's be done with it because I get depressed when I have to go listen to these things twice when I'm editing them. So... Let's not make this any longer on it. In another, I don't know how many years. <laughs> un- un- unequivocally, I know this bad book is just lawful and not worth my time. I've read it again once, so I've got. Unlike some content creators, I do not rely on Xenopedia and other content creators for um, our our content <laughs> creation. So I had to go back and reread this for the Amengi stuff in it. That's it. I'm done. Are you going to make a video on that then? And ironically, what was it? Two pages? Three pages? Yeah, there was very little in it, actually. They, I, I thought they had a much more substantial role in this book than they do. Yeah. If you want to check out our website, it's avpgalaxy.net. And we are on all the major socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you search AVP Galaxy or Alien versus Predator Galaxy, you're sure to find us. Also, with the new Aliens Fireteam coming out and more Predator Hunting Grounds content on the way, we also have a Discord and a Steam group that we are kind of building up. So if you're interested in that, we will post that information in the video description. If if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at underscore Corporal Hicks. If you'd like to follow me on either Twitter or Instagram, I am at RidgeTop21. 
actually, before while we're bigging ourselves up, Adam, hmm? the Ilphonic community highlight oh. thing. Yeah. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> come, on, come on, tell folk. Tell folk. Okay, so I... I take a lot of virtual photography in video games. I'm a photographer in real life as well. And that's what I've gone to university for. And so some years back, I think it actually kind of started with Colonial Marines. I think that game didn't have a photo mode, but I think I would just switch the weapon quickly. So there would be nothing on the screen. And then I would take a screenshot and, I think that's what actually kind of got me into virtual photography. If we're not going all the way back to like the Pokemon Snap days, right? That don't count. That's the entire point of that game. Yeah, but anyway, so that that became kind of a hobby of mine. And when Hunting Grounds came out, I kind of had to crop out the HUD and I started taking these screenshots and Ilphonic was was always pretty positive about them. And then they disabled the, the HUD for the game or allowed us to disable the HUD. And so we could take much more resolution uh, virtual photography in the game. And so uh, I've done that with you guys a number of times. You guys have been kind enough to jump on a private match with me and pose for me. Yeah, I was a model. I was uh, Isabel once. And, and, and Rich Top said my ass was awesome. Like, <laughs> like Stan did. Sorry, Stan's. So, yeah, they Ilphonic kind of surprised me, honestly, and invited me for World Photography Day to talk to them about virtual photography in their game. So if you'd like to check that out, uh, we will also leave a link in that as well. And I'm looking forward to their new content coming up so I can take some screenshots of that with you guys. Also, uh, I'm really hoping they finally add night mode because that would make for some interesting lighting scenarios. Yes. For sure. Fingers crossed. Uh-huh. AJ, follow that. Oh, come on. Uh, I have a Legendary Encounters Predator deck building game video that I worked very hard on. It's on the AVP Galaxy YouTube channel, and it goes over not just an unboxing, but uh, the game mechanics and a mini review. So if you'd like to check that out, you could check that out, too. It's not as glamorous as what Adam (laughs) has to offer, but it's still something. I just watched it. That was a good that was a good video you put together on that. Thank you. It's made me finally be like, you know what, it's time to fucking do a gameplay video of this because it's something I've wanted to do for years. Because I learned how to play the game by watching videos of people playing the game while I was waiting for my copy to show up. And I'm like, right, time for me to do this. Did you do one of the Aliens one, Aaron? Legendary Encounters? No, I did it. I did an unboxing of the the Colonial Marines, Um, the Alien Covenant expansion that they did. Hmm. Not a gameplay thing. And I brought an overhead rig ages ago to do this. Wow. But I never got around to it. So I've been messaging Chevy and we're trying to work out a time for him to come over and we'll do a, We'll go through some of the scenarios. And that's all because of AJ doing doing his video and reminding me how fucking awesome that, that game engine is and how awesome the Alien and Predator versions of it are. Awesome. Anyway, AJ, what, what about social channels? Where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at FN Voodoo Magic. Well, thank you everybody for listening or watching, depending on your preferred platform. This has been Corporal Hicks. Bridge top. And this is your magnificent, throbbing rod of revenge, Voodoo Magic. Signing off. No, get into the chopper. This is predator related. Get into the chopper. Mm.